for your loveliness. Thank you for the music, the worship that we've just celebrated. How wonderful it is to sing your praises and to realize again, born, that men no more die. Born to give them second birth. Born to raise the sons of earth. Lord, somehow break through the maze of our lives and help us wonder and marvel at the story and the reality. And help us live in all the difference that that makes today. And help us tell the story. Lord, we may not be with family like we usually are. But help us find a way to share the joy and tell the story. Now, as we listen to our brother, as he brings a message today, would you speak through him to our hearts? In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Boys and girls who are on your way to Children's Church, you may go at this time. Okay, am I Yep, can everyone hear me? Everybody hear me? Well, good, uh, another welcome and good morning uh, to you, particularly if you're uh, at home, maybe you're in quarantine and you are, uh, maybe have COVID and uh, a, good, a very warm welcome to you if you're sat at home in your pajamas, I uh, hope you're enjoying it and, uh, and what a year, what a year, uh, unlike any other and this is the first time I've, I've had to preach in, in quite a while because uh, James has been doing such an excellent job so I would just enjoy listening to him going through uh, the letter of Peter and so uh, but now we're going to be uh, switching uh, gears a little bit we've been in a kind of Christmas series and uh, today's uh, sermon is entitled the joy of the gift the joy of the gift um, and what a gift it is today and so uh, I want us all to think about when we were young children I know that'll be longer for some of us Eddie and so uh, I want you to think about Christmas, the sights, the sounds, the feelings, the excitement, the, maybe the Michael Bublé Christmas album or the Frank Sinatra or Elvis, depending on which generation you're at, uh, the food. Okay, so are you with me? Are you, in that, are you in that headspace? Are you thinking about Christmas? Now turn to the person next to you and tell them what was your favorite gift that you've ever given or received? And be careful if you're next to your spouse, okay? So just, uh, but it, to just turn to them and tell them, what was your favorite gift? What was the favorite gift you've ever given or received? A little bit of congregation participation this morning. Okay, everyone got them? Everyone got them? Maybe you're telling them what you want this Christmas. Uh, this will be my favorite gift ever. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, but gifts are extraordinary things. They have the power to create the biggest moment of happiness or complete sadness. 
Um, especially if you buy your wife a food processor for her birthday. And guys, I don't ever recommend uh, that you do that, okay, speaking from experience. So um, I've tried to get a little bit better at giving gifts now. Uh, It's taken me, uh, well, I'm still working on it, but... um, But with gifts, they only bring, but when you get them in that moment, you're so happy, but they only bring temporary joy. It isn't permanent. And so for any of us that have been around children at Christmas, uh, Christmas time, they beg and plead with you for a gift at Christmas. They pray more fervently than they ever have. They write a ton of uh, letters to Santas. They even do the chores. They even do the chores. You know the routine? Um, So you do the research, you wait, and uh, the gift is presented on Christmas Day. Tears of joy, big smiles, hugs from the child to you as the parent, grandparent or uncle or aunt, whatever. Uh, You think to yourself, yeah, I've done good this year. Or Santa did good this year, uh, depending if, if there's still some believers out there. And so being proud of yourself... You inquire a few weeks later uh, to see how much they're still enjoying the gift that you got them, only for them to tell you, and you find out that they tell you, well, it's boring. It's boring. I don't like it anymore. Or I got something else from, and and this is much bigger and much better than than what I got from you, um, so I'm sorry. Um, Anyone had that experience? Anyone? 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 No, just just in our household. Okay, well let's uh, let's rewind 2,400 years ago. Location: Middle East, uh, around Israel, and this was the last time that God spoke to His people. So we have uh, in in Scripture we have the Old Testament and we have the New Testament, and then there's a there's a page in between those two, and that is. Uh, a 400-year silence in which God did not speak to his people or the world. And some translations of the Bible or some versions of the Bible, they will have the Old and New Testament, and it will say on the bottom, with Apocrypha, with Apocrypha. And that Apocrypha is the middle 400 years that, uh, that some communities uh, around Israel were trying to seek God. They were searching for God to speak. And I, meant, I must mention that you know, this Apocrypha is not Holy Scripture. It, is not, uh, it wasn't in the canon of Scripture. It wasn't in, uh, back in uh, the, the 4th century. It wasn't part of uh, the Scripture as we know it today. But it was, it was this period of time where there was darkness and there was no... Imagine God not speaking for 400 years. And there was 400 years of waiting. And then we have the account of Luke. And uh, it's going to come up on your screen. It's, you know, there was some um, time before this which uh, the angels have spoken to Elizabeth and Mary. But this was where the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And we're sorry, we're in Luke chapter 2 verse 9 if you do want to, if you want to turn there. Um, And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby 
wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough or manger. So imagine the joy after 400 years of silence, of God not speaking. We have this message. God finally spoke through the angels and the Savior who they had been looking for, who was all in the prophetic writings of the Old Testament, was on his way. What a way to receive the message that the glory of the Lord shone around. And we probably would have responded in a, in a similar way, you know, terrified, on our knees. I mean, if, and has anyone ever experienced that, where the glory of the Lord shone around? Uh, no, I would love to, but, but uh, I, I'm sure I would be very much like this. And in his loving kindness, the angel says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And some of us may need to hear that because of the year that it's been. That if you come to the Lord, you do not need to be afraid. Make 2021 the year that you no longer live in fear, but live in hope. Knowing that this season, this year of our lives will come to an end. And hopefully with this vaccine we are seeing the beginning of the end of this COVID crisis, this pandemic. But just like the Magi, the shepherds, the faithful few who believed the Messiah would come, what faith they had in this baby who was to be born in a manger. What a gift the Lord had given to the world. And this speaks to me because uh, I know what it's like to receive five amazing gifts. Firstly, uh, my wife, Jancy, whose birthday it was yesterday. Whoop. And, uh, and the other four beautiful gifts uh, that, that both Jancy and I have received are our four children. And I'm going to show some pictures, and uh, much against Ruby's like hiding in the seat. Okay, this is Ruby as a baby. Um, she was a strawberry shortcake on that day. Um, and then we've got uh, Henry as a little baby, chubby cheeks. We called him Big Biscuit, actually. Uh, this is Evie. Uh, that's Evie. You could tell by the eyes. And then last but not least, we have Elsie, Elsie May. And I thank the Lord for these amazing gifts uh, that they are um, to me. We didn't have a visit, any visitation from an angel, uh, but we went through some ups and downs uh, waiting for the birth of all of our children, and now we are clinically insane, so it doesn't matter now. So um, I'm joking. I'm jo well, you might think I am, but, uh, but anyway, but I remember uh, with Ruby when Jancy was pregnant with her, you know people nowadays, they say, um, you know, we are pregnant, we are pregnant, uh, have you heard that? Um, there was no we about it. Jancy was clearly uh, the pregnant one. I just had the sympathy baby, uh, with, which was uh, the amazing food that Jancy would want in the weird hours of, of the morning. And so, um, the early hours. But going back to those feelings of nervousness, when we're, when we're in that time of waiting for the baby to come, there was excitement, there was the unknown, and every step, particularly with our first, with Ruby, had to be explained. Like, we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. And uh, either the midwife or the doctor would explain to that. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph felt the same, particularly 
in their supernatural circumstances. They were like, God, what is going on? And I feel for Joseph as well because he was doing his husband's duty, trying to find somewhere to stay and somewhere warm, a shelter. And Mary's probably saying to him, I'm about to have this baby. You better find somewhere. We better. He's like, please, anywhere, anywhere. And there's uh, a manger. And, you know, when mama needs something, you know, she, and she tells you she needs it, you better do it. And so stressful. Jo- Joseph was probably under a lot of stress, to say the least. But when that baby arrives... After all the pain, all the labor pain, all the suffering and the stress, what is that feeling that comes is joy, elation, peace, happiness. The child has arrived and it's almost like there's a calm. And uh, that's why I, love sing- I do love singing Silent Night because of just the calm calming influence that a, that a baby has when it's just been born. It's a wonderful feeling. And that overwhelming emotion is love. Love, love, love. Now that my children are getting out of the baby phase, uh, they all receive love in different ways. And uh, Gary Chapman wrote a book called uh, The Five Love Languages. You've probably, you may have heard of it. And it describes how we all receive love in different ways. So one is words of affirmation, two is acts of service, three is a physical touch, four, quality time, five, receiving gifts. And if this is new to some of you, then, um, then maybe think about how do, how do I give love? How do I, you know, if you're someone that gives a lot of gifts and really thoughtful with your gifts, maybe, maybe that's how you receive love is when people buy you nice gifts, or in my case, Food processes. And, uh, but for some of us, we need to hear, like, I love you, or you're amazing, or you're great, or uh, some of us need a hug. Some of us need to do the dishes, um, you know, uh, for, for your spouse, um, whatever it is. Or some of us just need to give quality time. Think about where you're at in terms of where, how do I receive love? And the longer I've got to know my kids the more I know what their love languages are. Yes, I do know what your love language is. So, and I, so Ruby is, is quality time. Ruby, if you spend... <laughs> she's like, no, it's not. And uh, it is. Like, if you spend time with her, she becomes... Her love tank is full. Henry is definitely 100% receiving gifts. 100%. Um, Evie is physical touch. She loves to hug, and, uh, and when she gets a hug, like her smile goes from ear to ear. And then Elsie is all five. So, um, and because each of them receive love in different ways, uh, we as parents have to express love in different ways so that it communicates love to them. Do we fail at this every day? Yes. Uh, do we try hard to get it right? Yes. But, you know, well, sometimes... But this is what God does with each of us. He tries again and again and again and again to communicate his love to us in a way that we'll receive it. So how many times are you going to reject his offer until you say, actually, I am sold out for you, Jesus. I am 100% in love with you and I know that you love me. When is, that, when is the, when are those scales going to fall? When is your heart going to soften? 
and say, I'm going to give my life to the King of Kings. Because God has designed you specifically to be loved. All you have to do is let him love you. Let God love you. Break down the walls. Let go. Forgive. I promise you, when you do, you will experience joy. Just like the angels, when sharing the news with Mary and Joseph, when you truly receive the good news of Jesus in your life, you will want to joyfully shout it from the rooftops. And I'm praying today is the day for some of you. It may be in this room. It may be online. Wherever you're at listening to this. And so then the question is, well, okay, I've done that. I've done the first thing. How do I do this life as a Christian? And this is where we look at uh, Romans 12. If you want to turn to Romans 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 9. That's going to be you know, about 11 verses here. It says, love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in in so doing, you'll be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. What would happen if we put this mandate into action? Do you think we would have half of the issues that we have in society now, in our culture Because this passage right here is love in action. And I know people who live like this. Some of them are in this room. And here we see a practical outworking of our faith in Jesus. Our relationship with the Lord shouldn't just be here in this building or in an individual, private faith. God is calling us to be public with our faith and that's why I love the fact that we do baptisms because that is an outward working of what is happening on the inside and so baptism is just saying I publicly declare that I want to follow Jesus and here are 12 things from this passage that we can we can look at love people so if you want to if you're writing notes down um, these are 12 things that we can do immediately Uh, we can love people (laughs) Love people and be full of joy. Have you ever met, I mean, I've met some Christians that are pretty miserable. And I'm like, you need to lighten up. You need to be happy and joyful because you are going to heaven. You're going to have eternal life. That's something to be joyful about. And show it. You know, you don't have to be like, 
you know, let's show the, the joy that we have of living for Jesus Christ. Number two, detest evil. Number three, outdo one another in showing honor. So I think of this when <laughs> I think of like opening the door for someone. They'd be like, after you, no, after you, no, after you. Um, and uh, and with, with, with Eddie, it would be age before beauty, so I'd let Eddie go first. So... Um, Things like that. Sorry, Eddie, I'm picking on you today. And, uh, and so, number four, fervent in prayer and spirit. We need to be people of prayer and be filled with the spirit. Number five, serve. There are some of you that need to get back into serving. You're lukewarm in your faith. And the Lord is calling you to serve his faith family. And uh, don't, don't buy into the culture of just kind of, it's about me and... No, we, we were about serving others, loving others, and uh, seeing other people come to know Jesus. Number six, um, is be generous. If, if you're wealthy, be generous. Give your money away. If you've got lots of resources, give away. Even if you don't have a lot of money, be generous with your time. Be generous. Be generous. Number seven, practice hospitality. Uh, I know James has mentioned this before. Have people other than your family, over to your house for food and fellowship. It's so much fun. It really is. And uh, getting to know people and, uh, of different ages, different backgrounds, it's, it's amazing. Eight, bless those who persecute you. Basically, don't gossip. Don't gossip. That's, easy, that's an easy one. Um, easier said than done. And Number nine, show empathy and patience. Number 10, live at peace with everyone. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Number 11, be humble. Maybe put that Tim McGraw song on and be humble and kind. Uh, you know, um, I won't sing it, but, you know, number 12, because I kind of got the, dra- the drawl, you know, the uh, So um, I'll try one day. But um, conquer, number 12, conquer evil with good. So be doing good. But you may be thinking, well, that's a nice list, John. Thank you for that Sunday list that I need to go away and do. But you don't know me or the people that have wronged me. Or you don't know my spouse or my family. They'll think I'm weird if I start doing this stuff, start talking about this stuff. And, and you're right. You probably will look weird. Um, but it's what God calls us to do as Christians. And I don't know all of y'all's situations, but, um, but I know this. And it's up there on the screen. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Let that sink in. That Jesus loves you. And all he wants you to do is love everyone around you in return. But in order to love, we have to know that we are first loved. That's why Jesus came at Christmas. Because our Heavenly Father loves us. And the best place to learn how to love others is to pray and invite Jesus to live inside you through the power of his Holy Spirit, to read his word that is written right here, and we've got a bunch of copies. If you don't have a copy, then take one. To let it dwell in you richly and then become a part of what's going on here. That's another way uh, at First Baptist Church Mason. Commit yourself to a group of people committed to living some of those 12 things or all of those 12 things that I just mentioned. And as, as much as uh, you try and what COVID um, has taught us 
is that we need other people. My parents are in lockdown right now. My brother um, is, lives in London. They're in, they have a tier system. I was just explaining this earlier. And uh, they're in tier four. And they cannot mix with anyone outside of their household. Like no one. Uh, I don't know if that's the case here in, in some of the bigger cities. But they cannot get out of their house other than for, for groceries and work. That's not a way to live. And this is one thing that, that this season has taught us is that people are desperate for relationship, desperate for community. Whether they express that or not, they are. And, and I would encourage you, we all need community, we all need Jesus, but I would encourage you, if, if you're sat at home and you're alone or if you're feeling lonely now, I encourage you to join a life group. Join a life group. They're the best place to start finding fellowship and community. Join a ministry team. Start serving. Be baptized. Talk to a pastor or a deacon. Talk to your Christian friend or God. But whatever you do, just make a step. Make a step. As small or as big as you want it to be. But don't, don't just let, just go through the motions. Make a step. And so out of this comes the last question I'm going to pose to you is, is or, or the, the, the last section I'm going to, going to go through is, what are you living for? Really, what are you living for? And recently I've been reading um, a British author called C.S. Lewis. Um, some of you may have heard of him. And there's a book that he wrote called Surprised by Joy. And Lewis describes his conversion from atheism to faith in Jesus Christ. And he had never expected that there was going to be any connection between God and joy. If anything, he had thought probably it would be the opposite, that you know, for all he knew, the total rejection of what he called joy might be one of the demands. But convinced that it was true, Lewis admitted that God was God. And at that moment, he was the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. But to his great surprise, he found that following Jesus was the very opposite of what he expected. He experienced great joy through his newfound faith. And he discovered that the heart of the reality of reality is to be found in a person he was surprised by joy but many people confuse joy um, and there's pleasure contentment and joy there's three sections here to kind of happiness and so number number one is is pleasure which is kind of um, pleasure is like a physical thing like that can come from a, a good vacation a pay rise, or maybe even a box of chocolates. And people become, can become pleasure addicts, um, always seeking the next fix. It may be some likes or loves on, on your, uh, or hugs on your Facebook and Instagram, or whatever you've got now, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever it is. I don't even know those two, but um, whatever it is, that's just temporary. It's, it's something that is... Is something that can come and go, and it's not joy. The second thing is contentment, and this is slightly longer term. And and actually, the the contentment part of this, they're, they're good goals to achieve. So being satisfied. So what comes out of contentment? Being satisfied with your life, with your home, with your job, your relationships. They're good things. They're good things to do. But they're not. 
they're not eternal things. They're not eternal things. They're things that are just for this world and just for our lifespan of whatever it may be, 90, 80, 70 to 90 years. Maybe 100, 100 and, you know, 120. Let's go up to there. But the last thing is, what is real joy? And there is another kind of happiness that we call joy, and it's not an emotion. It's a way of being, and it's a state of mind that is available to everybody. It's not found in things, and as I've mentioned, it's found in a person, Jesus Christ. That no matter what the circumstance, no matter how I feel emotionally, I have a deep sense of joy that can never be taken away. So if we dive into the Old Testament, in Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah and Ezra and all the people uh, of Israel had gathered to worship and celebrate while they heard the law being read. And being told it was a holy day and to not grieve and be fearful, but instead, as we read in verse 10, uh, chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord, but do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's from the, the NIV translation. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so my conclusion from this is that joy brings strength. If you are found in him, he gives you the strength to persevere through joy. And so do you want strength today? Do you want joy? What do we have to do is we choose Jesus. And when I think about this passage, I'm reminded of the movie uh, Unbroken. Has anyone, anyone seen that movie, Unbroken? It came out about six years ago uh, in 2014. And it opened, um, and it was based on the best-selling book of uh, the same name, Unbroken, which relates to the story of the amazing life of Louis Zamperini, an Olympic track champion and World War II veteran who survived a, a plane crash and 47 days on a raft in the Pacific Ocean. I mean, how nuts is that? That's incredible. Um, but then, Zamperini was then captured by the enemy uh, and experienced brutal torture in a Japanese prison camp. There was a prison guard there known as the Bird, who tortured him unmercifully, uh, but Zamperini managed to survive and return to his home in California after the war. And once back in the uh, United States, though he struggled with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and understandable bitterness, the veteran turned to alcohol for relief and dreamed of returning to Japan to murder the bird. However, there's a crucial part of the story that is not included in the movie, which is directed by Angelina Jolie. In 1949, Louis Zamperini went to a Billy Graham crusade and heard the good news that Jesus came to save people from their sin and despair. On the second night of the crusade, Zamperini accepted Christ and turned from his addictions and bitterness to a life of faith and service. With the Lord's help, he forgave his captors and wrote a moving letter to the bird telling his tormentor, I also forgave you and now would hope that you would also become a Christian. When Louis Zamperini was asked in 2011 
what had been the best day of his life. He didn't mention his liberation from war or even escaping the, you know, the camp. He said it was the day I came to Christ. And it's not surprising that Zamperini's devotion to Christ is not included in the movie, but that's the primary reason he was ultimately unbroken. And the truth is that true joy and strength can only be found in a person, Jesus Christ. Our joy is made complete when we come into a living relationship with him. So this Christmas, my prayer is that you, your family, and those that are far from Jesus would find joy in knowing the central message of this Christmas season is that Jesus came into the world to rescue us, to save us who are sinners and broken, and to restore and redeem a broken and dying world. And as we look forward to the end of 2020, anyone else looking forward to the end of 2020? I mean, we were, I was so excited about 2020 when it started, but now I'm like, we're, I'm ready for 2021. I'll ask you this simple question. Do you want to know the joy of the Lord by accepting him today? And for some of us, we've got off track. For some of us, we don't experience that joy. We don't feel strong. We feel weak. And I would just say, come back to him. Return to him. Get involved. Make a step. Because it is worth it in the end. So let's, uh, let's stand together. And let's have a moment. Just have a moment of silence, because over the next week or so, we may not have a lot of silence. Um, particularly if you have young children around. But let's just take a moment just to think about what the Lord might be saying to you today. What is his Holy Spirit whispering to you? What step is he wanting you to make? So Lord, I pray that you'd come in power right in this moment. You'd speak to the saints here and to those at home about how we can have joy, more of your joy in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. It is only appropriate after such a time and such a message that we take a moment, maybe this is your time, to say, my Lord and my God, we're going to sing in just a moment. If that's you, take that step, meet me here, and let's settle it for you today. Maybe God has spoken to you about a formal identification with this church. You need the body of Christ. And in the quietness of this moment, you can slip out and come as well. It will be the greatest Christmas ever. If you need the altar, come. Let's sing together. 
I'll meet you here. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And amen. 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 And shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And amen, amen, amen. Thank you for being here today, and John, thank you for that message and for being our preacher, and we love you and your family. What joy, what neat guys you all are. And thank you for the reminder of Louis Zapparini. If you've not read that book, I, I think that's the best book other than the Bible I've ever read. Unbroken, and uh, you can find a copy. Now, often they have it in Walmart. Uh, it's far, far better than the movie, and uh, a profound, moving story. And and Zapparini and Billy Graham became great friends, and died not too far apart. But, but. The, Read the book, trust me, on that one. Now, it's Christmas. The Lord has come. He who knew no sin became sin in our behalf so that we might know Him. So if you need to talk with someone, stop one of us, call one of us. We'd love to help you. And two of us cannot grow some during these days. So as we've met this morning to worship, we depart to serve. We'll be the church scattered out there. Let's let God use us. So let's sing together. Let's all sing together. We don't need to run. We'll sing.
and then we'll be on our way. <laughs>